Hey there, missionaries. This is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. Vince and I are going to be taking a week off as, um, well, a couple of the special projects that we've got going on kind of snuck up on us and we've got to get some stuff done. Um, so don't fret. We will be back next week to formally kick off our month of Afrofuturistic films. But until then, Enjoy this trip in the Wayback Machine to June of 2018, when Vince and I sat down in the binge lounge to talk about Saturday morning cartoon controversies and a whole lot more. Enjoy. Talk to you next week. should probably introduce us so that people don't think that we're just sort of taping and said, ooh, it's a binge lounge. Like, this is actually an official regimented binge lounge. Yes, it is. It's official, it's regimented, and now the binge lounge has begun. Right? Yes, welcome right, to the binge right. lounge. Welcome to, welcome to the binge lounge. <laughs> I am Vince. This is this is Len, aka the Bat Trouble, and now we have begun the binge lounge. We have because we are doing a binge lounge. <laughs> it's not just us sitting around and talking, and the tape is on. This is an actual binge lounge, which we are doing actually. Correct? <laughs> Correct. Yes. I shall now begin part of the conversation <laughs> with a question that I have for you, Len. <laughs> Please do, Vince, because. It is part of the binge lounge. Yes, it is. Which we have scheduled <laughs> and are now conducting. We are. What the hell are the um comic book cartoon. Uh, uh, the cartoon conspiracy <laughs> theory? Because they were talking about on a Facebook group. And I said, what the, what what is wrong with these people? And then people, and then you said, Oh, I know some common how in the world two of my favorite things, cartoons and conspiracy theories. And I've missed them. And you said you had two of them. First of all, let me introduce people into exactly what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> because while, I guess we should have done that. Because while we have three... You know, I've been chomping at the bit. I can see this. this. Yes. I can see this. For while we have 300 members that, uh, of our Facebook fan group, thankfully, we have way more than 300 people that listen to this show. Yes. So... That means the greater majority are like... They have no idea what the... <laughs> what the hell are they talking about? Oh, I'm doing stuff. I just turned into my father. <laughs> in, our, in our Facebook group... I used to have a roommate. I'm going to call him out, too. Joey Drayton, attorney now. Beautiful brother. Father, husband, great man. Like, actually a good dude. I used to live with Joey. Joey would come in your room... And start talking while you were asleep. <laughs> Just start talking to you? Yes. So it was not uncommon for you to wake up and Joey would like be on your bed or like in a chair <laughs> in the middle of a conversation. You know, and I mean, I, I mean, it's one thing to talk about political empowerment i just feel like we really need to address the economics of what it means to be a minority in a majority wait joey 
What's going on? I'm just talking about political power. <laughs> so I actually turned to my old roommate, Joey, for a second. Well, Joey. <laughs> in our Facebook group, Vince asked uh, people, because we had a binge lounge schedule. That's right. That we are currently in the midst of. Look at us. <laughs> he asked <laughs> He asked the fans, our Michelle missionaries, um, for ideas of what we should talk about. Right, right, right. On the scheduled it's a, binge it's, lounge. It's a group effort. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We do it for y'all. So right. what do y'all want to hear? Right. And someone, Damon Williams, my young, exact, my little brother, said, cartoon conspiracy theories is a good one. <laughs> the Smurfs theory is probably my favorite, but I think a cartoon themed one could be pretty interesting. So he goes on to ask a couple of other questions. But he brings up cartoon conspiracy theories. Yes. And then a couple of people co-sign talking about cartoon conspiracy theories. Yes. Well, there's there's two that I know of right right offhand. All right. And, and one of which you you know. Okay. Which is that the the gang on Scooby Doo right. are basically stoners. Right. Well, de- decidedly we know that Shaggy is a stoner. Right. Um Thus, why he has a quote unquote talking dog, and he has the munchies all the time. Who has the munchies? And in all the time. reality, a lot of what they see, he's hallucinating. Exactly. Okay. All right. So that's one of the theories. All right. I wouldn't have called that a conspiracy theory. Why wouldn't you call that a conspiracy? Because it's really more of a counter reading. Well, I think all the best conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. whether they be for cartoons or be for just life, are just people looking at the tea leaves and seeing one thing and somebody else seeing another. Okay. So they're all just different readings. All right. So what's the other one that you know? The other one is that I think you have maybe co-signed and like uh, said this to me as well is that the the Flintstones and the Jetsons take place in the same universe. Yes. And that the And at the same time. And at the same time. And that the Jetsons who, you know, famously live in the sky right. are living in the air above an apocalyptic earth upon which the Flintstones live. Yes. Bedrock. So that's another conspiracy theory. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought it was gonna be something about fake moon landings or if you look at Back to the Future, Back to the Future predicted 9-11. Well, I'm sure there are other cartoon... Some, some like that. That's. I'm not I actually want. sure. I, I think I know, but I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the Smurfs uh, cartoon. Or like my favorite conspiracy. You want to hear my favorite conspiracy of all time? What's that? My absolute... So, this is my absolute favorite conspiracy of all time because it combines... Two of my favorite conspiracy subjects. Which are? O.J. Simpson. Okay. In the moon landing. Oh. So, so my absolute favorite conspiracy of all time. I may have talked about this before, and if not, I'm talking about it for the first time. And if I did, you get to hear it again. So O.J. Simpson made a movie called Capricorn One. Yes, he did. And Capricorn One was about a faked Mars landing. Mm-hmm. We said we were going to send people to Mars, and then the film is about a faking the landing, b all the politics around it. 
O.J. Simpson starred in the movie. Like all of these movies, they have advisors and consultants. Okay. And Capricorn One had advisors and consultants from NASA. Right. Now, remember, this is the early 70s where O.J. Simpson was white America's favorite black man. Mm-hmm. Maybe their second favorite black man was Bill Cosby. Boy, white America needs to pick better. <laughs> yes. Anyway, the conspiracy goes that one of the consultants pulls O.J. Simpson up and says, you know, this is closer to the truth than not. We actually faked the moon landing. And O.J. Simpson said, what? <laughs> and the consultant said, yes, and I have all of the evidence and everything, but you can't release it until I die. The powers that be caught wind of this. Mm -hmm. You can't just murder O.J. Simpson because O.J. Simpson is someone that people love. When the man died and O.J. was about to release all of the material about the moon landing, these shadowy figures actually murdered Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman to defame and discredit OJ. Another cartoon conspiracy theory. That's my theory. favorite conspiracy. That's your favorite one? That and You need to choose better. Choose better? Yeah. It combines two of my favorite conspiracies. That's OJ and the moon landing. That's that's weak. Either we fake the moon landing or my second favorite moon landing conspiracy, we didn't fake the moon landing. We went to the moon but somebody was there and they told us don't come up here no more. <laughs> and that's why we stopped going to the moon. Get off my lawn. Yes. But in alien talk. There's a Garfield hallucination theory. And what's that one? The theory goes that John, the owner of Garfield. Yes. And Odie, the dog. Yes. Don't exist. <laughs> Garfield is actually dying of starvation. Oh my god. And just imagining John oh, and Oh, that's Odin. so dark. <clears throat> now, <laughs> this is based on a uh, on uh, a Halloween themed comic uh, uh that happened where Garfield woke up in a condemned and abandoned house. He calls out for Odie and John, but there is no answer. He then wills the illusion back on himself and continues his delusions about his quote-unquote family. Oh, that's so dark. Yeah, that, that's that's creepy. I like that, though. You like that one? Yeah. You like that one? All right, so do you want to hear? I do. Do you want to hear the, uh, the Powerpuff Girls theory, the Ed, Ed, and Eddie theory? Or the um, Rugrats theory. Let's do Powerpuff Girls. Let's do Powerpuff Girls. The three girls, mm -hmm. Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup. Yes. Are all fractions of one host personality whose name is unknown to the audience, but for convenience sake, we will call her Brenda. Okay. The cause for the development of the multiple personality disorder in Brenda originates from bullying in her early childhood by, by her older brother, <clears throat> whose actual character is unknown to the audience, but is manifested in Brenda's hallucinations of Mojo Jojo. 
the oh. girl's greatest nemesis. Oh, okay. All right. That's an interesting one. That is an interesting one. I actually like, but I actually like the Rugrats one. Okay. Because the Rugrats one is actually, I've actually, in reading this, I heard this one before. Oh, wait a minute. There's another Scooby-Doo one. Oh, let's see. I like the old ones. Scooby-Doo. There's a post-depression theory. (laughs) This is from Reddit. All right. The original Scooby-Doo series is set after a horrible economic depression. Okay. Everything is abandoned. Everything falls apart. And all of the villains are people who would normally be respected. Oh. i.e. professors, museum curators, yeah. celebrities yeah, okay. who have now fallen into hard times like everyone else. Oh. I like that one as well. I do like that one. Also dark. Very dark. Well, these are all dark. But but I think it stands the reason that the best comp- conspiracy theories are, you know, dark. dark. And involve the moon. That one didn't involve the moon. <laughs> Would have been better if it did. Rugrats. Yes. This one I actually have heard before. Okay. Get this, Vince. The Rugrats really were a figment of Angelica's imagination. Oh, okay. Chucky. Remember the baby Chucky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually died a long time ago along with his mother. That's why Chaz is a nervous wreck all the time. This is horrible. Tommy, remember Tommy? Yes. Was stillborn. That's why. What the hell? That's why Stu is constantly in the basement making toys for the son who never had a chance to live. This is terrible. The DeVilles, who would have been the. Phil and Lil? Would have yeah, you, Phil you and about Lil. to say something crazy about Phil and Lil? Well, no, but their parents had an abortion. Oh my God! Angelica couldn't figure out whether it would be a boy or a girl. So she called them twins, thus creating Lil. twins. Did they say anything about Susie? They say anything about the little sister, little black girl? They, they only say, "What about Susie?" Well, this is terrible. And whoever came up with this needs some type of therapy. I like that. Oh, I don't like that at all. I like that. That is that they're dead babies. Too many dead babies, not enough moon. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, the style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco, Vince? With your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa 
on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Is that it for the conspiracy theories? No, there's there's tons more. Oh, any any for old cartoons? Yeah, well, like like old when we were kids. Old when we were kids. Um, no, there's a conspiracy theory about Back to the Future. Oh well, that Doc, you know, yeah, in Back to the Future is ready to kill himself and Marty in that parking lot uh, during the first time travel scene. Okay. So there's a theory that he actually is trying to kill himself. All right. So, you know. Uh, Pinky and the Brain. The Brain is no genius. Oh. Pinky and the Brain is a genius. The other's insane. Brain constantly plans to take over the world, suggesting he is insane. Pinky often finds ways to ruin this plan. So who is the genius? (coughs) So Pinky's a genius. Yeah, I've heard that one. I've heard that one bantied. About well, that's a good one. Inspector Gadget is actually the second inspector, built as a completely robotic replacement after the first was lost in action. Mm. That actually makes sense. I don't even know how much of a conspiracy that is. That's almost the text. Well, what happened to the first one? He got murdered by my man. No, he became he became my man, Doctor Claw. Oh, plot twist. There you go. And the, um, you'll like this one, Vince. Okay. The Smurfs. <laughs> Maybe this is what my brother's talking about. Are a veiled parable about white supremacy. <laughs> How so? All of the Smurfs wear white hats that resemble KKK hoods, except. For the Grand Wizard of the Smurfs. Who wears a red one. Papa Smurf, who wears a red hood. They live in perfect harmony, but are constantly under threat from the evil big-nosed Jew Gargamel, who wants to to use them for his own twisted enrichment. Wow. Mind blown. (laughs) I was about to say, I'll never watch the Smurfs the same way again, but... I never actually watched the Smurfs. It was just sort of on. Really? Yeah. It was like at the end of of the Saturday cartoons. And you were just sort of sitting there. Like by the time the Smurfs came on, I I was just sort of jonesing for a cartoon. Charlie Brown. In Peanuts. All right. Watch the easy. He's bald. Uh, Easy. Because he's dying of cancer. What? And dreaming up everything. Is wrong. (laughs) And dreaming up everything. With you people. In this strip. Nothing ever works out for him, and his life is a disaster, but he's simply channeling his sadness into his dreams. This is terrible. Too many dying kids, not enough moon. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a movie about gentrification and segregation. Well, that's that true. I've heard. Yeah, I'm about that's to say, true. I think that's actually true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. That's true. All right. That, all right. And, and that's all because... Uh, well, that's all I can do. <laughs> that's, that's all I can do. I, I, I think the other thing people really just... You know, we've talked about Saturday morning cartoons and and and, and we, were, we were discussing the Scooby-Doo ripoffs. Yes, we were. And all the various ones. Which... 
sort of looking around and looking at various things. Did you? We we talked about Rickety Rocket. Somebody mentioned it. Did you? And that's what brought this whole thing up. That's the most racist shit I've ever seen in my life. See, I actually don't remember it, but I remember it had something to do with like a truck or something like that. No, it was a rocket. It was a rickety rocket. So this is a setup for rickety rocket. Okay. Comes on scene. It's a shot of the future. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the Jetsons. Okay. It's just a shot of Jetsons world. Gotcha. Like it's in the future. It's in the sky. It's spaceships. It's any other. The camera Pans right mm-hmm. to the future ghetto. There's a ghetto in the future. It's a ghetto in the future, and it's some ghetto kids in a junkyard garage putting together a raggedy rocket ship car. So they find a raggedy fins and two raggedy wings. And then the last part that they put on the car, you actually have it up right now. I'm going, I'm going, oh, oh, you missed it. Oh, I saw it. A pair of huge robot, robotic lips. Yes. That they put on the car. Wow. And you're right. It literally is the Jetsons world. Yes. That they pan right from. Yes. To this little little like hut yes where the blacks live where the blacks live the future blacks in the future ghetto and then it's just Scooby Doo but with future ghetto blacks well here's the shame of it they're not even in the ghetto (laughs) they're just on this this big hut that's on a pillar (laughs) in the sky which gives you the uh, give you the sense that all the blacks, all the blacks that there are to be found in this city, yes, are in this hut, are in this hut, in on the sky, and they're not allowed to leave said place. So therefore, to get a rocket ship, none of these people who obviously must not work <laughs> must well, use the odds and ends around their house. Let's not be crazy. It's the future, and they gotta make a talking car out of trash. But black people working. That's a bridge too far. Apparently. Yeah. That is, that is, that's insane. That's insane. And it is very racist. You know what's so weird, though, about a lot of the Scooby-Doo ripoffs? Because even this and then, you know, like our full, like we talked about um, Speed Buggy. Yeah. And um, Jabberjaw. And Jabberjaw. They set up the locale and the situation that is so amazingly outlandish. Right. So they can get the talking whatever. Yes. Like we need to have a situation where we have a talking ridiculous shark. So we'll set it in the future in an underwater paradise. <laughs> but never actually talk about this. Right. We'll just have Jabba Jaw doing Scooby-Doo stuff. We've got a talking car. We've got a world with talking cars. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the other talking car. Remember um, Speed Buggy? Not Speed Buggy. Um, Wheelie and the Chopper Gang? Oh, yes. So there were two. I guess it was because of Herbie, though. 
Herbie the Love Bug. Yeah, yeah. The Herbie we, the that, Love that's Bug. That's why movies. Wheelie, because yeah. um, uh, Speed we, Buggy came out years later. Yeah, so Speed. It was a strange time. You know why I Wheelie and the Chopper Gang uh, sticks with me is because when that cartoon was out, they had a, a comic book mm-hmm. that came out as well. Right. And you know who drew the Wheelie and the Chopper Gang comic book? Was it Ramona Frayden? No. That was a good guess though, right? No. Who was it? In his first uh, published comic, well, really, truly, like, true professional comic book work, John Byrne. (laughs) Yes. That's a very nice pull. (laughs) Yes. He doesn't talk about that. Not much anymore. He doesn't talk about that. No, I don't think that's on his resume. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. But for what it was, it was good. Yeah, 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 you know. It was like maybe a little bit, a little bit too good. I was like, this looks insanely like better than the, like the the comic book should not look better than the cartoon. The cartoon itself. And for our younger listeners, Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch, it was a war. Well, it was basically like the movie series Cars. Yeah, I guess because yeah. the whole world was talking, um, vehicles. Yeah, but there were humans too. I think there were humans as You're well. You're thinking about Speed Buggy. I thought there were humans. There weren't humans in Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch. There weren't? No. Because the Chopper Bunch were motorcycles. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. You are absolutely correct. Yes. You are. I yeah. Speed right. Buggy was, again, a Scooby-Doo riff. Yes. Where instead of the dog, it was a car that talked. But again, Herbie Lovebug was all the rage. So. What was... I And, and we're... Close in age, so when I think the heyday, I think it's safe to say the hey our heyday of cartoons. Mm-hmm. Of course, that this was back in Saturday morning cartoons. Yes, that's where your cartoons lived. Yes. Do you have a favorite from your childhood? Well, I do. I mean, the Warner Brothers cartoons. I mean, if I had to pick an absolute favorite, the Challenge of the Super Friends year or years oh like the legion of doom years right 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 and cross superstars i loved all the cross superstars you like the cross because they were bizarre yes they were so weird yeah man. and even though i couldn't articulate it i knew that it was some real was some... freaky stuff going mm-hmm. on yeah on all of those yeah the cross superstars the uh sydney sid and marty sid croft. And marty croft Woo. They were they were bizarre. It HR was, Puffin stuff. Yo. And then what was the what oh, was the HR Puffin stuff? Uh Dr. Shrinker. Uh what was the Freddy and the and what was the flute? That, that, that's what I was trying to think. The flute. The Freddy and the flute. Oh my God. Yeah. That was some bizarre. It was so weird. Quietly Electro Woman and Dinah Girl, which was supposed to be just a Batman type deal. Right. Bizarre. Yeah, I, I think I, I watched, um, rewatched them years ago. Yeah, and it did not hold up very well. Well, remember they were they they had that that beautiful box set that came out. They back, did, yes, back in like two thousand, mm-hmm. so that it was a resurgence, and they were yeah. playing stuff. And do we say Sigmund Sigmund and the Sea Monsters? You did not say Sigmund and the Sea Monster. Just that was the that was the acid trip. Yeah, yeah, because Sigmund, who was a sea monster, who was a sea monster, he was he was. 
he was weird because he was all types of colors and scales. And he would actually come out the water. Yes, you'd see him like, because they actually went to a beach and you would, they filmed him coming out of the water. Like, yo, that is not cool, man. <laughs> that is not cool, right, man. Right. Shoot. Yeah. No, and and Dr. Shrinker just shrank three teenagers and then terrorized them with stuff. I know. Like scissors. I know. And pencils. Yeah. And he'd catch spiders and bees. I know, man. Was that Vincent Price? Ooh. That played Dr. Shrinker? Oh, now I gotta look it up. Dr. Shrinker. Dr. Shrinker. Something, 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 something. Dr. Shrinker. Dr. Shrinker. Let's look up Dr. Shrinker here. Um... That may have been Vincent Price. No, it wasn't Vincent Price. It was uh, Jay Robinson. Vincent Price was on something with the Sid and Cro- Marty Croft. Sid and Marty Croft. Uh, let me see. Let me go to. Let me go to the Google. To the Google. To the Google. This is what we do on a binge lounge, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> basically, just googling stuff. Uh, Vincent Price. Uh, Croft. Just put Vincent Price Croft. Um, City Marty Croft, like uh, I'm, I, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing like a cross reference with of the. All right, maybe it's just my. Again, it was it was all like a fever dream. Pretty much, it was. So I just I just dropped Vincent Price in there. Now I'll tell you what I did like. Um, I I do remember watching enough of the episodes that I must have really liked it. Um, Land of the Lost. Oh, come on. Land of the Lost was legitimately an entertaining show. Yeah, it was, man. Like, Land of the Lost was legitimately entertaining. Like, Land of the Lost, you could tell they kind of tried to make it. Ha ha, this is just for kids. This is, but Land of the Lost was legitimately entertaining. Man, I'm looking at all this, all this crazy stuff. They did... I forgot they did this. Because they had the electric woman and Dinah Girl. Yes. They Sid and Marty Croft also had Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Bigfoot and Wild Boy. <laughs> Bigfoot and Wild Boy. I forgot all about Ladies that. and gentlemen, if you've never seen Bigfoot and Wild Boy, you know everything you need to know about the concept from the name. Bigfoot raised a boy in the woods. <laughs> If I remember correctly, did someone abandon a baby? Did he find the baby? And then he raised the baby. Bigfoot finds a young boy lost in the vast wilderness of the American Northwest. He raises the... Stop. Because we ain't just going to gloss over that. We ain't just going to keep... They lost... A boy. They lost a baby. Because I feel like I remember Bigfoot holding a baby in swaddling cloth. Because let's just call it what it is. Bigfoot kidnapped that baby. (laughs) Bigfoot kidnapped a baby. But it gets better. (laughs) Bigfoot raises the boy. Who becomes known as Wild Boy. Stop. (laughs) Bigfoot kidnaps a baby, raises a baby, 
The people near the woods see Bigfoot with the boy and dub the feral boy who has been kidnapped by Bigfoot wild boy. Continue. Now, eight years later. <laughs> they fight crime and aliens. They fight crime. <laughs> they fight crime and aliens. Who show up around their forest home. <laughs> We've seen Bigfoot. We've seen Bigfoot with the kidnapped child. Oh, God. We fast forward eight years. And now, not only do we not rescue the child, but they're fighting crime and aliens. What you must also understand, ladies and gentlemen, this is a live action (laughs) Saturday morning show. You know what? I guess we should have mentioned that. Because people who've never seen Sid and Marty Croft don't understand. This is, yes. This is all live action. This is action. all live action. Everything Sid and Marty Croft does was live action. So that means it was a dude in. Imagine if Chewbacca fell on hard times. <laughs> That's what the Bigfoot costume looked like. And Wild Boy looked like, well, he looked like a, a 12-year-old white boy in um, a loincloth. He wasn't even a loincloth, because he had a loincloth and he had a vest. Did he have a he vest? He had a vest. I forgot about the vest. And this ran for two seasons. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody saw the first season of Bigfoot and Wild Boy and said, you know what? Why don't we stick with this for another year? <laughs> I feel like there's some unresolved issues. In the mythos of Bigfoot and Wall. Boy, the 70s. Oh. You know, not to be it's old. It's not even the 70s. This is just Sid and Marty Croft. I know. <laughs> not to be old man Vince, but I'm going to be old man Vince for a second. That congressional hearing where they passed the law that said that they could basically advertise in cartoons Mm -hmm. and in cartoons like that's where the Transformers and G.I. Jen all that stuff that basically they were 22 minute commercials right right ruined cartoons it ruined them because it pushed out this kind of madness you're right because I remember (laughs) you were you were a kid and you you never even questioned it you never was like this right sure Bigfoot wall boy fight crime and aliens Okay, let's run through some of this stuff. Do you remember the Far Out Space Nuts? I do remember the Far Out Space Nuts. The Far Face Nuts, which starred Chuck McCann and a post-Gilligan's Island Bob Denver. They sure did. His two knuckleheads get lost in space. Yes, they did. Now, not to be confused with Gilligan's Island in space. Which was an animated show. Which was animated. Now... Did you remember the Sid and Marty Croft show that featured Jim Neighbors? I don't, but you're going to say it and I'm going to remember it. He flew the Lost Saucer. I I remember the Lost Saucer. It was a a spaceship. Well, it's right there in the title. That got lost. It got lost. (laughs) They were I remember loving Lost right, Saucer. Right. 
and you were a kid, so you never questioned any part of the premise. No, you just went with it. I was Sid there. Marty Croft, just go with it. I was there, and and I, I will have to put this in the Facebook fan group and put this on Twitter and on Instagram because, ladies and gentlemen, Sigmund of Sigmund the Sea Monster, yes. has to be seen to realize, like quietly. I ain't mess with Sigmund the Sea Monster, but so tough because it would get scared. Because remember, he had brothers, yes, who would come out who the would ocean, bully him. I almost, almost slipped and said in, in words. <laughs> I was about to say, man, them in words you see, like that's how much they scared me when I was. Yeah, I ain't really like Sigmund. You did. You had to keep a hand on the channel. Because his brothers would come out the ocean and then it wasn't funny anymore. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, man. The, uh, Sid and Marty Croft, they also did Wonderbug, which was basically yeah. their, their, their uh, live, live action. Their live action, yeah. Uh, speed buggy. Yeah. Um, complete with big lips. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they did the Bugaloos. The, the Bugaloos. Yes. The Bugaloos. They were dancing. They, they were in singing. The air and everywhere. They, I never really understood what their point was but sure see they had a catchy song see you know that song i remember the song for electro woman and dina girl electro woman and dina girl fighting all evil deeds each works for a magazine <laughs> hiding the life she leaves <laughs> electro woman and dina girl it's actually a pretty catchy song i know right it's a catchy song it yeah. was dope right yeah y- yo yo not for nothing you know, um, slipping into the world of comics, um, and one of the, one of the probably the the biggest hit that Wonder Woman has had in years in comics is that they're doing a series of comics, Wonder Woman nineteen seventy seven, yeah, based on the Linda, Linda Carter yeah. Wonder Woman. They have a crossover nice. with Wonder Woman and Electra Woman and Diner Girl. That's a lot of hairspray. <laughs> <It is. laughs> I didn't look at it that way. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of Aquanet. Yes. Uh, on there. You sit in Marty Croft. That was, that was a fever dream, man. Um, that was. Uh, um, oh, did you see? Did you figure out the name of the flute one? Oh, you know what? I, I I'm seeing. It was like Witchy Poo. Let me let me go. And it was like that. I think Ruth Buzzy played the witch who kept trying to. Well, Ruth Buzzy was in a whole lot. Yeah, of she their kept shows. trying to steal the flute, and then a little boy had a lisp. Which then made it even more surreal. Um, I'm trying to find. What is like? Was it called Witchy Poo? Was it Witchy Poo? There's so many of them. Wow, I didn't know that they produced. City Marty Croft actually produced a Richard Pryor short-lived children's uh, show, Pryor's Place, back in 1984. They really? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Um. Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to find them. They've did so many many shows. I was about to say they really did have a, a, an empire. They did. They did. Oh, I, I, I'm not. Oh, HR Puffin stuff. How in the world did I forget HR Puffin stuff? Well, we mentioned it. Who's okay. your friend when things get rough? HR, HR Puffin, Puffin stuff. stuff. You can't get a little because you, you can't, can't get, get enough. enough. Boy, that was serendipity. Yeah. Uh-oh. I can't find the one with the. I know the flute. I know that dumb looking. It was HR Puffin stuff. Oh, was he? So he was in in that. Yeah, I thought he had his own little thing. No, 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 no. Witchy Poo, 
Her sole desire was to steal the magical talking flute named Freddy from the protagonist of the series, Jimmy. And Jimmy had a lisp. Okay, yeah. So when he would say Freddy, he would say Freddy. Right. Which made it even weirder. Right. And his dragon friend named H.R. Puffinsta. So you got a little boy. He has a magic talking flute. He has a talking dragon friend. And then it's a witch trying to steal the flute. Why? I don't know. That When the show came on, that's just what the setup was. Some people suggested that the Croft brothers were influenced by marijuana and LSD. No. But they always denied the claim. Really? They said there were no drugs involved. You can't do drugs when you're making shows. Maybe after, but not during. We're bizarre. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was that was something. It was a it, it was a weird time. It was a weird time. But you you got into it. Yeah, know? and like you said, it, it was live action. So, you know, I don't know how it was in in Philadelphia, but as as the morning went on, I guess the cartoons got more quote unquote adult, or or just for older kids, so that the live action. Stuff was later. Was at the end of the morning. So yeah, it definitely ended the. So again, at that point, you had been up all morning. Mm -hmm. You'd you know eating the cereal, sitting there, and you really were damn near hallucinating. You were. So it just made it even more bizarre. Yeah, those colors just really because they were all very colorful, and those colors popped hard. It was like those horrible seventies televisions Mm -hmm. where the tube was always sort of warped anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you remember because the television only really had a good picture for about a year. Yeah. And then after that it would, you know, it was always some color that was off and people would mess with the tint. Yeah. Remember the tint button? Yeah. Remember the tint? That, that never did nothing. That, that never did anything but it'd make it weird. There was tint and there was contrast. Tint and contrast. There was a contrast. And you mess with it and somebody mess with it. At least in my house my dad would get mad like mess with it. Oh yeah. Mess with it because he had it just Set. how he wanted it. Yeah, for that one show. Right. And that's all he cared about. That so, one show. So, set. yeah. So, it was like, so you had that. Between that. Between the various Scooby-Doo things and rip-offs. There are a bunch of those, yeah. Because remember, Pebbles and Bam Bam had one. Pebbles and Bam Bam uh, had a show where they were teenagers. Why? I don't know. That's just what it is. It was a way of bringing the Flintstones back. Here it is. They're teenagers. You know, I was with it. I was actually with it, except I did not like that as a teenager, Bam Bam lost his super strength. Mm. I always, I cried foul. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part. (laughs) Yeah. That's the part that didn't ring true. I was going to say, I didn't like the fact that their parents hadn't aged. Oh, fair. Well, like to, I wanted, to be fair, I wanted Fred to have like little gray, like Reed Richards. Yeah, but to be fair, Fred always look, he always looked like he was a little bit too old to have pebbles. Too old to have pebbles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't really that didn't bother me. So yeah, the Scooby Doo stuff and just the random weirdness and, and it's in like you call, you call out the. Um, it challenges the super friends. Yeah. And I was a super friends guy. Of course. But I quickly, I guess relatively quickly, got over the super friends. Okay. Because I once I realized, you know, because before before the challenge of the super friends, which is where they fought the Legion of Doom, yeah. 
the super friends were just battling guys in suits and evil and evil uh scientists yes you know and those episodes re-ran for a couple of years before it got to challenge the absolutely so i was by that point resigned to not only resigned to the fact that oh man they're never going to fight the 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 villains that are like in the comics but by then um filmation mm-hmm. had started showing uh not only did they start showing Tarzan mm-hmm. on CBS but they also started uh, they brought back the 1960s um cartoon Batman right which had all of those villains in it right so the Batman Tarzan hour yeah was became my jam right so much so and because even though filmation was cheap animation like what, you could see yeah. like the a nice drawing and then just the arm would just be moving and stuff <laughs> yes. like that you know um it was cheap animation the illustrations of it were good yeah they were very very they were very good and to me they were light years better than what Hanna-Barbera had used for the super friends even in the challenge of the super friends right so i always still stayed in that lane right you know what i mean so they always resonate i mean i watched challenges of the super friends of course and kind of got into it you know it i mean was you were cool. comic guys yeah you, you, kinda kinda had guy, you had to yeah at that point you were because there guy. wasn't anything else on the television it, it was nothing else comic-y it was comic-y but it was even though you know speaking of hanna-barbera those hanna-barbera action cartoons were always in rotation. That's so, true. So, you know, Johnny Quest, Birdman. Space uh, Ghost. Space Ghost, you know, and those beautiful Alex Toth designs. It's still amazing to me that Johnny Quest only ran for one year. Is I mean, it's crazy, but here's the thing. There's not a bad episode from that year. From Johnny Quest. From that John. From oh that no, year, Johnny Quest is there is, is not phenomenal. one bad episode. Yeah, but conversely, I also quickly, very quickly, fell in love, fell out of love with Space Ghost. Yeah, because Space Ghost to me was the biggest fraud <laughs> in superherodom. Yeah, because in his world. Everybody was mad scared of Space Ghost. Oh right. my God, Space Ghost, Space Ghost. No, no, don't get, don't take off Space Ghost. It's Space Ghost. Oh my God, it's Space Ghost. Yet, when they got Space Ghost, when Space Ghost came, all they had to do was grab his hands. Grab his hands. Yeah. And he's out of commission. Yeah. Because if he can't press a button, yeah. he's poop. Besides Johnny Quest, I don't think I actually liked any of those Hanna-Barbera action shows, but I think those were the shows where I started to notice design. Yeah, you notice the design. The costumes Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, even the backgrounds. Well, I like Johnny Quest. I also like the, um, I like the Herculoids. The Herculoids, same thing. I, you know, I think the problem was, and even with Space Ghost, to a certain extent with, with the character Gleek, they were hedging their bets. Mm-hmm. Like we're making this cartoon, we're making this adventure cartoon, mm-hmm. but somebody got a memo or wrote a memo that we got to make it for kids. So it was always some stupid, like it was too much Gleek. 
it was too much of the little boy on Herculoids and the little elephant. Yeah. It was, you, you know. And they would always, and they, they also, outside of Johnny Quest and Space Ghost, they always bastardized themselves. So you had the Herculoids right. set in like, you know, some post-apocalyptic world. Right. But then you also had the mighty Tor who right. was set in that same world. Right. A little boy who slug a, a, a stick on the ground and then he turned into a caveman superhero. Yes. You had... Because why not? You had the... Late um, 60s. You had... 70s. Shazan. Shazan. Who was a genie. Yes. That helped this guy solve crime in ancient uh, uh, Arabia. I ain't like Shazan. Shazan was a little much. I found him scary. Well, that for those was a little creepy. For those who who thought Shazan maybe looked a little demonic, Hanna by Her- Hanna heard you, and thus they gave you the Arabian Nights, who were a team of superheroes <laughs> back in Arabian days fighting crime. Yes. So now, as much as I hated all of them, yes. When DC recently put them all together in the How Future Quest, good is that combo, series, including Frankenstein yeah. Jr., who was a robot superhero? Yes. Frankenstein, because why not? Why not? Y'all, look, 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 look. This is before they were selling lunch boxes and like, look. If it wants Superman and Spider-Man, people just deal with the. Uh, it's uh, uh, okay. Um, shit. I don't know. All right, Frankenstein. He's a superhero. Oh, okay. All right. So this guy turns into a, a caveman superhero. He and he wears a pelt over his head, and now he's and these kids are Arabian and they're superheroes, and there's no drugs. <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> But we gotta churn this stuff out. Little boy Lynn, little boy Vince sitting in their respective homes. Like, sure, why not? All right. I'm with it. Let's go. Three Stooges as robot superheroes? Why not? I'm there. Hey man, let's make a cartoon about the Harlem Globetrotters. People love the Harlem Globetrotters. Their 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 personalities, their celebrities. But you know what we're gonna do? We're going to make them weird superheroes. <laughs> One of them was a basketball. They literally turned him into a basketball. Curly. Curly. They call him Curly because he's bald-headed. So that's the joke. You know what your superpower is, Curly? You turn to a basketball. And it's too bizarre to be racist. It's too bizarre to be racist. <gasps> you sitting, watching it. You know, it actually explains a lot about us. <laughs> sure, why not? All right, let's go. But wait a minute. <clears throat> this would not be the binge lounge if we did not shout out. And I have to find it. Um, I used to. I used to know. I used to know who they were. You you probably know this, Vince. Okay. It, it was a cool, like cartoon. The black married couple that were superheroes. Oh my God, I just forgot them. You said it and it just slipped out of my mind. I think it was only one for like one season. Yes. And was it part of another? Yes, yes. I think it was like part of a pack. It was part of, oh, 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 oh. It was, uh, 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 it was filmation. 
and is like after the Tarzan and Batman and they ran right, out of right. Batman, I think they lost the license because of the whole Super Friends thing. Right. Um, and then so the, it came Tarzan and then there was the second half. There was like these rotating. Right. Like exactly. Superhero like adventures. That's actually where Rickety Rocket was on. Rickety Rocket wasn't part of that. No, Rickety Rocket wasn't because this was this was filmation. It was and it was ten thousand times better cut. Uh, animation. Um, oh man. Oh Vince, I can't believe I can't remember them. It's mighty. Super stretch and micro woman. Super stretch and micro women. Boom. Yes. Yes. And they were. That's right. Part of the Tarzan and the Super Seven. Yep. 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 That's right. Yep. 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 That's right. And I remember they were cool. They were cool. Because they were a couple. They were. And they looked black. And they actually and they talked black. I think. <laughs> Watch and find out. Like, they were voiced by like. <laughs> well, John like Carradine. I said, I forgot the rickety rocket. Yeah, yeah. They were. They, right. They just. They had on turtlenecks and afros. Yes. Now, you really went deep with that. They were they were cool, man. You really went deep with, but oh, I remember they had a stupid dog. Yeah, they had a stupid dog. Yes, they did have a dog who did, but who thankfully did not talk. Did not talk, but he was like the comic relief. Well, you know what? You know what it was though, because they were they while they were superheroes, they were in love. They were in love. They were solving crimes. Solving crimes. And they had the dog. And so it was a riff off of the old Tin Man movie series. Oh. The Thin Man. The Thin Man. Got you. So that's so that's why you okay. had the dog. Got you had the dog. Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 They were <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Listen to this. Paired in in lightweight adventures. On the surface, Chris and Christy Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, somebody was finishing this pitch before lunch. We're just your average suburban couple. Okay. But when they sprang into action, Chris would take virtually any shape, such as a plane, a robot, a rubber ball, or a perfectly perfect double of a villain. Christy could, as her name implied, shrink to microscopic size. Frequently tagging along in their adventures was their little dog Trouble. The duo was a new concept for superhero cartoons in that they were the first, the first, African-American man and woman duo and that they did not change into superhero costumes when the need to use their powers came or adopt a secret identity simply wearing ordinary clothes. Sometimes if the need arose, Chris and Christy would use their powers to even accomplish household chores. You know what? At some point when you and I are multimedia moguls, we're going to um, sponsor a revision and a revisiting and a revamp of Super Stretch and Micro Woman. Are you with me, Lynn? I am with you, Vince. There Listen you to go. this. The person that did the voice of Micro Woman was that Casey Kasem. <laughs> Micro Woman. <laughs> Casey Kasem. <laughs> it was Kim Hamilton, who was an American film, television actress, as well as a artist. Okay. A writer. All right. And a director. All right. Her career spanned more than half a century from the early 50s to 2010. She has early film credits that include um, the film noir Odds Against Tomorrow and opposite uh, where she started opposite uh, 
Harry Belafonte. All right. And as we go here, oh, well, let me go here. What was it? And the Leech Woman. In 1960, she was one of the first African-American actors to appear on the soap opera Days of Our Lives and was the only, the only African-American to appear in a speaking role on Leave it to Beaver. Wow. What's her name? Kim Hamilton. I think I'm now obsessed with Kim Hamilton. She also portrayed in an uncredited role Helen Robinson in the film adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird. And uh, up until 2013, she was the film's, well, she was the film's last surviving African-American adult cast member. Wow. That is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. In, In 2007, she was honored for her career achievements by Columbia University and the Harlem community at an event held at the Museum of the City of New York. Hamilton's honor was part of a series of Columbia University's Big Read program focusing on To Kill a Mockingbird through guest uh, lectures and panel discussions. I I don't know what to say after. Like I feel like we go, like because this is a well-structured and scheduled binge lounge. I, f- I feel like we should leave it there. Whoa. No, we can't. Because I'm just reading more. Kim Kim Hamilton. Oh, no, I mean with Kim Hamilton. No. This last bit, you have to hear. Okay. Yeah. She was married three times. Okay. All right. At age 18, she was married to uh, Robert Henry Hamilton in 1951. They had two children, but they divorced a decade later. Okay. Um... Her second marriage was to television director Dave uh, Giselle or Giesel, okay, which lasted only three years from 1962 to 1965. Okay, all right, fair enough. Her third marriage, yes, which three took, times the charm, which took place in 1997. All right, and lasted to 2000. <laughs> However, her relationship with this gentleman lasted for more than two decades oh. so that she got with him they were together for almost 20 right. years and, then, and they married and in 1997 finally married him right before his death in 2000 so sus- they were married up until his right, death because i suspect he kept proposing and she said no probably no one can contain kim hamilton but the person that ultimately did for at least over 20 years was german-born actor werner klemper okay. do you know who that is i don't he is Commandant Clink. Shut up. From Hogan's Heroes. It is amazing how often we end up at Hogan's <laughs> Heroes. So Colonel Clink. Yeah. Like the sister. Yes, he did. There's some German chocolate cake jokes <laughs> to be made here. Ah. Kim Hamilton. Mm. And she she lived a life. God bless her. Man, you never know where the road is going to lead in a binge lounge, but the destination is always who to know amazing. We would start with cartoon conspiracy theories and we end on Hogan's Heroes. Well, no, we end on Kim Hamilton. Let's give her her a do. Let's be clear. Yeah. 
I'm now obsessed with Kim Hamilton. Yeah. Like, I can tell I'm going to go home and fall down a Kim Hamilton <laughs> rabbit hole. Well, I'm going to fall down a rabbit hole of super stretch and micro woman. Well, you start with that. <laughs> I suspect there aren't that many episodes. I think there's 10. Of super stretch and micro girl. <laughs> micro woman. Micro woman. Oh, She's a woman. I'm sorry, Miss Hamilton. Ain't nothing girlish about you. That's right. Well, that's fantastic. That was something. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. All right. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this binge lounge. That was very well structured. (laughs) And scheduled. We had notes. Segment one. (laughs) Conspiracy theories. Segment two. Scooby-Doo riffs. Segment three. Sid and Marty Croft. And segment four, Kim Hamilton. Uh, it only uh, felt. It only felt improvised. Only felt improvised. You like how, like how we, uh, like we, 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 we edited in all that fake computer tapping. <laughs> That's right. Now the award for special effects in a podcast. <laughs> Take that, Judge Number Three. <laughs> We were on task. <laughs> okay. All right. We will uh, be getting out of here. We will return with another Michelle mission next week. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you uh, have enjoyed this uh, departure. Yes. From the norm. Yes. And from, and from nor- normality. Yes. Uh, with the binge lounge, um, which appears periodically on the Michelle Mission, which is yes. available on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and any place and every place that good podcasts be, including the podglomerate family of curated podcasts just for you. Okie dokie. Um, email us at Mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Instagram, Tumblr, not Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook at Michelle Mission. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. I think we just say goodbye. I thought we said wubba lubba dubba. Wubba dubba lubba dubba. That was planned. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>